Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, as I've already said, we're thankful for what God uh, done this morning. And uh, just keep praying for um, uh, Brother Kenneth's friend and his wife. Uh, I would just simply love to be able to baptize some Muslims right here in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> and if they, if God would touch that baby and they... Uh, uh, and they see that miracle that just might happen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is definitely reaching out to people. Uh, the Lord taught me a long time ago that you should never look at somebody because of the outward appearance or their background or anything else and judge them and say, well, you know, there's no hope for them. You don't know who God's got some hope for. You don't know who God's got some plans for. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to be, we need to be open to what God wants to do. Uh, this is not about me, but it's all about him. Hallelujah. Amen. And we, we need to keep a uh, Christ-like spirit and a spirit of humility in everything that we do. Hallelujah. Well, uh, I'm not going to minister tonight on what I was going to this morning. Uh, Lord willing, we will pick that up uh, next Sunday, uh, dealing with uh, the topic about becoming the church. Uh, and we, uh, I feel like I need to do that, continue that on Sunday mornings, uh, because that's, this is, that's very uh, something very special the Lord placed upon my heart uh, to minister that we uh, that we need to uh, that we need to realize and get out of the mindset that uh, we we're, we're not we're not just to go to church we are to be the church. Amen. That's what God is calling us to. He's calling us to be the church, His body. Uh, and uh, we need to strive. We need to strive for that. The Bible said He God has placed every member of the body in the body as it pleases Him. We need we need to be satisfied and content in where God places us. Amen. And how God uses us. Amen. Uh, I want to be used by God, and I let Him decide how He wants to use me because. You, I found out a long time ago, there's only one God, and I'm not he. <laughs> Amen. There's only one God, and it's not you. It's not me. Amen. Like different one was talking about Buddha and different ones and, uh, and all that this morning. Well, you know, there, there's, there's some human beings I ran across that's got a God complex. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. And we need to learn to submit ourselves unto his will. There is a scripture uh, in the Bible. I have, I have spoken from this scripture once before many years ago, uh, but it has been upon my mind uh, very heavily 
And after uh, this morning's service, I felt like that it would be a great time to talk a little bit more about this passage of Scripture. Um, when we are come to the house of the Lord, uh, we need to have an understanding uh, of why we are here. What is our purpose? What is the purpose of God for us coming together? We know it's the will of God that his saints assemble themselves. Matter of fact, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourself together. Then it says, even so much the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, so we know that, uh, you know, coming together uh, is important to God, and God has certain things uh, uh, involved about that. Uh, and, but let me, let me say this right here. Uh, now, some people take that to the extreme on the other end. Uh, let me tell you, you come into to a church house and sitting on a church pew does no more make you a Christian than me going sitting in the garage, make, garage makes me a chivalry. I, I, can, I can go and uh, sit down in a garage and a folding chair and just sit there all I want, but I won't ever turn into a Ford or a chivalry. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, but there is a purpose and a reason, and uh, sometimes we miss this, and we need to take attending uh, worship service a little bit more serious than what we do sometimes. And we're going to begin tonight by going to the book of Ezekiel, a, 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 a book in the Bible that a lot of people shun, but the Lord has shown me a lot of insight from the vision. Uh, most, most of uh, Ezekiel's writing comes direct from visions of God, and uh, uh there are several good things, and this is what we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about tonight. And I hope and pray that we all will receive this in the spirit that I feel like God has directed me to talk to us this evening. All right, Ezekiel chapter 46 and verse 9. Ezekiel chapter 46 and verse 9. <clears throat> now here, this was not a vision, but this is what God was speaking to the prophet Ezekiel. And this is what God told Ezekiel. But when the people of the land shall come before the Lord in the solemn feast, he that entereth in by the way of the north gate to worship shall go out by the way of the south gate. 
And he that entereth by the way of the south gate shall go forth by the way of the north gate. He shall not return by the way of the gate whereby he came in, but he shall go forth over against it. Father God, as we come to you one more time in prayer, I'm asking for strength in my body to minister this evening, and I'm asking that you will open up our hearts and our spirits to receive what you would have us to have this evening. And we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name that the church say, Amen and Amen. You can be seated. Using this passage of Scripture, I want to speak to you, and I will try not to hold you very long. It's 10 after 7 right now. Uh, but I want to speak tonight a little while on the subject titled, Worship, which leads to change. Never leave the way you came. Let that soak in for a moment. Worship, which leads to change. Never Leave the way you came. When God had the Old Testament tabernacle and the temple in the old days, there was various gates or doorways that entered in. There was, uh, there was a north gate. There was a south gate. There was even an east gate. There was different avenues of ways in and out that people could enter. And God gave, when God gave the commandment of how the people should worship him, and it, this goes all the way back to Moses, when the children of Israel was wandering in the wilderness, it was God who gave Moses the pattern for the tabernacle. He told him how to build the tabernacle. He told them how to place the furniture in the tabernacle. And then he gave the strict commands of all the leadership, which was the Levites and the priest. He gave them strict commands on how they were to fulfill their duties. Amen. It was not a self-will or self-run operation. But it was all directed by God himself of how everything should be handled and taken place. And in this particular place, as the Lord was speaking, he says, now, when... My people come in to worship me on the solemn feast days or whenever or whatever purpose you come to my house. He said, if you come through the north gate to worship, I don't want you to go back out that same way. 
but go out the south gate. And if you come in, when you come in, if you come in the south side, do not go back that way. Go back the opposite way. He said, he shall not return by the way of the gate whereby he came in. Church, there is something that we have been missing out on for a long time. It seems like that apostolic people have spent so much time patterning themselves after other denominations, especially the charismatics. I picked that up from Brother Ward, by the way. Over the last few years, we have turned the TV on and we've seen some of these bigger churches and we've seen how they go about doing their worship and their thing. First thing you know, here comes some apostolic people mimicking that. They say, well, that looks good. That sounds good. And look how many people they got. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, I want, I would love to see every pew in this place, and I believe, I believe God is going to eventually allow that. I would like to be looking out and seeing every pew, but I want you to know something. I am not seeking people. I am seeking the presence and the anointing of God. Hallelujah. What we experienced this morning is far more important than if we had 200 people here this morning. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There is something about the presence of God. And I'm going to tell you, amen, to get the presence of God. You ain't going to get that presence of God by doing it man's way. You're going to have to do it God's way. I've heard different ideas. Why people, why God made this statement. Different ones have given opinions. Why God said, well, go and leave the opposite way than what you came. But I'm going to tell you, I believe there's a purpose, amen, for us when we come together in one mind and in one accord. One reason why I'm here this weekend, I realize and know that I'm still overcoming flesh in my life. I still got carnality to deal with. I would lie to you if I said I didn't. Because even driving to church tonight, a guy in a big old ram truck pulled right out in front of me, and I had my carnality to deal with. And as long as I've got my carnality to deal with, Brother Kyle, not only do I need to come to the house of God to be able to jam, uh, dance around and juke and jive, but I need constant change. When I come to the house of God, 
I'm not coming to lift myself up or to see or be seen. And even though I love everybody here tonight, I'm really not thinking about you when I come to the house of God. I know what I need. And when I come to the house of God, I come to be changed. And every time I go through that door, I say, God, don't let me leave the same way. Don't let me leave the way that I came. I still got a long way to go to reach that pinnacle that God is calling me to. The Apostle Paul said it's a pressing thing. We got to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We ain't going to slide into it. But it's a struggle. Hallelujah. And I believe there's a spiritual principle here. If we will listen, just like everything in the Old Testament was a type and a shadow amen, of what God is looking to in the new, under the new covenant. I'll preach sometimes from the Old Testament, but I do it, I, I do it as an example, but I know and understand and realize that we are living under a new covenant today. And that everything back there was a type and a shadow that was pointing to. I mentioned the tabernacle a while ago. That tabernacle was pointing to Jesus Christ. If you was able to get in a helicopter or maybe what they got today, these drones, if you was able to take a drone and fly that thing up over the tabernacle and look straight down on it, Brother Jeff, you would see a cross because God even placed the furniture inside to be in the shape of a cross. God knew what he was going to do 3,000 years ago. Woo! Well, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. Don't ever think you've ever surprised Jesus. You ain't never did nothing to surprise Jesus. God always knows what you're going to do before you do it. He even knows what you're going to think before you think it. God had the end planned out in the beginning. Long before Adam ever sinned, God knew things was going to happen, and he, he, he fixed things up to take care of the sin. Before the fall ever happened, before man ever knew what the taste of an apple was. Now I'm in the... Now we know, I mean, the Bible don't know. The Bible don't tell us the kind of fruit it is, but I, I threw that in there. Hallelujah. But long before Adam and Eve was the first one who had eating disorders. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I said that to say this knowing that everything God planned. He did it to point to something. When he told them people, 
I don't care what different one's opinion are. When God said, if you go in through the north door, go out the south, don't go back out the north. I believe God says, look here, folks, my temple is a house of prayer. You are coming to worship me and to glorify me. And when you do that, I'm going to roll a change in your life. You are never to go back the same way you come. I've got a purpose for you. And God is continuously changing your life. Why, what do you think Paul meant when he said, I die daily? Hallelujah. Let me get into this. You see, there's a twofold purpose of worship. There's a twofold purpose. The first and foremost purpose of our worship, this is the first and foremost purpose, is to honor, praise, and glorify the Lord God of heaven. We worship him simply because of who he is. What was the song we sung a while ago? I don't worship God because he protected me today or he gave me a blessing. I, I promise you, and I say this, I say this knowing that this could come true. But if I stood before you right now, with a terminal illness in my body, and it looked like I'm going to be leaving out here, I'm still going to praise him. I'm going to glorify him because of who he is. Hallelujah. If he never answers another prayer, I pray. He's already been so good to me, and he's done so much for me. Hallelujah. I don't praise him for because of what I receive from him. I don't praise him because he supplies my needs. I praise him because he is God, and he deserves. If you're having problems in that area, Maybe it's because you need to change your mindset about worship. You shouldn't come in here and lift your hands and give God glory just because you got a better paying job. Or something else good happens to you. I'm a Hallelujah. We all know Brother Penrod asked me this question down in Hot Springs just two or three days ago. He said, you know how many people of us, <laughs> amen, somebody asks us how we're doing, we tell a lie. I said, what do you mean, Brother Penrod? He said, sometimes we say I'm doing fine when all hell's broken loose in our life. I said, well, sometimes I have to say it by faith. Sometimes we have to say it by faith. I guarantee you, more times than any, the majority of the people that walk in this assembly sit down on these pews to come together to worship has got all kind of hell being broke loose in their life.
I stand on this platform week after week, and I look back, and I know there are people that's got struggles, they got illnesses, they got all kind of things going on. But when we begin to worship, despite of that, Brother Chase, people lift their hands. They give God praise. They glorify his name. They stand and testify. And they do it because of who he is. Not because everything is going okay at your house tonight. Let me, let me tell you something. God sees, and Brother, Brother Flannery spoke something about this the other night. But I'm going I'm to tell you something. God sees your labor. He sees your work. He sees the love that you have for the kingdom of God. And he looks down and he sees, and this moves the heart of God more than anything, when they see his children, they see his children, and he, he knows they're not feeling good in their body. He knows everything is just breaking loose in their lives. He says, but my people, they're still praising me. They're still worshiping me. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to wrought some change in their life. I'm going to make some change in their circumstance. Because God sees you when you give and you don't have it to give. He sees you when you lift your hands and it takes all the strength in your body to lift your hands. Hallelujah. I know it looks like a lot of times some folks around Amen. Don't never lift a hand or don't get out of their seat and walk up front. Amen. Unless they're asked to or told to. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't need nobody to tell me to lift my hands to praise my God. I don't need nobody to tell me to get out of that pew and get in this aisle or get up here and give him praise. Hallelujah. Because he deserves all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah. We don't need a cheerleader up there to move us. Your love for God ought to be enough to move you. Psalms chapter 7, verse 17. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness. And I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Now look at it again. Some people miss this up. Look how it reads. I done laid my glasses down somewhere. There they are. 
But it didn't say this. I will praise the Lord according to how well my health is. Come on, somebody. It don't say, I will praise the Lord according to how much is in my wallet. Hallelujah. Come on. It don't say, I will praise the Lord according to what's in my bank account or in my 401k. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. I praise you for who you are. You mean to tell me when you look and you understand and everybody in this house tonight knows the definition of the name Jehovah Jireh. Almost five years ago when we struggled so much. <coughs> and we finally and when I say we, I, me including finally decided to let God's will be done and quit chasing our solutions I praise him for who he is, Jehovah Jireh. For when we finally got in the will of God and we came out here and we saw this place and a lot of us says, oh man, this is just, I don't know how this would ever work out. And you know what? And then back in the beginning, me and Brother Bobby and there was a couple others we, we did find, we did make the statement early on that whatever happened, we're going to be, we, it was going to have to be said that nobody in the church be responsible. It had to be God. And then, that wasn't the banker. That was Jehovah Jireh, our provider. 
Still people don't believe me. When I tell them that man gave us the money without even having his place of praise. Because it wasn't time to get it appraised. Somebody else was standing in the, in the background wanting to take it out from under us. And I told that banker, I said, look, we, there is, I said, we have got to give them a one-way, that's for sure, within seven days. And he says, I cannot get an appraiser out that soon. But when he stepped out of his car and looked at this property and everything, looked around, Jehovah Jireh got a hold of his heart. And he says, I'm going to do something, Pastor Brunner, I ain't never done in all my years of banking. He said, I'm going to call the underwriters personally, and I am going to vouch for your church, and I'm going to say to go ahead and give them the money, even without it being appraised. It just keeps getting better and better all the time. We got we got a letter a couple months ago from Metro. They 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 upped the property values and everything, amen. And I we just got a, got a letter saying, y'all's property is well worth over eight hundred something thousand dollars. And we got it for three hundred and fifty and paid fifty percent down. And it's coming due for the first five years. And Brother Paul, it looks like we may just pay this thing off. He's my provider. Look at somebody beside you and say, He's my provider. He knows what you're going through, He sees your struggle. And he is going to honor you because you still love him and you still worship him even though things are not working out all the way for you. God says, you come in the north, but I'm going to let you go out the south. Hallelujah. I'm going to bring change to you. God, I'm speaking a word right now to somebody. Right now, I feel him. God said, I'm going to make a change in your health. Right now, I'm making a change in your finance. I'm making a change. Hallelujah. And all the things that you used to feel cursed in, God says, I'm turning it into a blessing. Somebody needs to say, God, I receive that right now. Come on. Somebody needs to say, I receive that right now. Give me, give me just, a, just a few more minutes, five, five or six more minutes.
Give God a hand clap of praise for that word. I honestly feel a change in the in the spirit realm. I feel a change in season. I didn't know what was going on before the fire, but Brother Bobby reminded me one time of the one of the last the last messages that I preached was about there's gonna be a season of winter or something like that. Wintertime is thing is when things don't bloom. Come on. Wintertime is when things are not blossoming. You're not you're not getting any increase, no yield. Oh hallelujah. But I I, I can see and and even personally, and I, I don't know, I haven't picked it up yet. I pray God will, will, will reveal it to me through speaking to me through through somebody or, or him, himself or whatever. But I, I just feel like God is, is fixing to change a level that I am on. I don't understand that. It. It's just something that I feel with, within my spirit. I don't know. to God. God is taking this assembly. God is taking this assembly to where nobody will be able to say that Christ Family Church is just another ordinary church. God is going to bless individual lives, family lives, and in turn, that's going to be a renovation, amen, through the spirit of our church. Oh, I'm expecting, mm, my Lord, I wish, I wish I could convey everything that's just bubbling in my spirit right now. God, I'm going to say, Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come lay hands on her right now. Come on, let's let, let, let's obey the Spirit of God right now. Pray for her right now for a complete healing that she will not need. She will not need that medication any longer. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let the spirit flow. Come on, let the spirit flow. If you are Holy Ghost filled tonight, begin to pray 
and let God use you to pray through the Spirit right now. Glory, glory, glory. Sis, God says I'm causing you to leave a different way that you come tonight. You are not going out the same way you come. Thus saith the Lord, I am rotten chains in your life right now. Oh, how about my mother? When God speaks, if we can just receive it. When God speaks, we can, if we can just receive it. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Come on, everybody. Clap your hands again unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My, 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 my. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. God, he, Brother Paul, he, God all the time seemed like this morning he wouldn't, wouldn't let me start a sermon. Tonight he won't let me finish. But you know what's most important? What's most important is we learn to forget the program and follow the flow of the Spirit. If we will follow the flow of the Spirit and forget about the program... But I'm going to tell you, and somebody says, oh, but Brother Samuel, don't the Bible say everything be done decent in order? Yes, there's an order. But I'm going to tell you something. You're out of order when you don't follow the Spirit of God. God sets the order. God sets the order. Give him one more hand clap of praise. <laughs> 